0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Cinders of Winter. A Apocalypse World mod by username Faye where we're using an inspired take on what happened after Game of Thrones ended. I am your grandmeister, Dennis Veray, and with me I have. No one. It's me alone this episode.
1: I truly.
0: We, we sweep Zoom <laughs> to Winterfell. We see Queen, Queen Sansa of the North engaged in. No, guys, introduce yourself. <laughs>
1: Nicholas
2: Hodge, I'm playing Silas O'Connor and Rebellious Sam. Marcus Strocks, I play Marley Corbray and Galvin Stone. I forgot both my characters'
3: names. And uh, my name is Hadley Singer, and I'm playing Rob Gear in the Red and. Oh, shit. See, the funny thing is, is that on the document title, it's a different name. Um, <laughs> okay, there we go. Regal Sunswelter.
0: We find ourselves around the Dragon Pit, just south of King's Landing. Uh, this historic setting is where King Bran the Broken was decided upon to rule over the United Houses of Westeros. It has been rebuilt in the 25 years since the sacking of King's Landing. Into a grand coliseum to which our tournament shall take place today. As we know, the remaining five great houses have put together this tournament to kind of value where strength lies in these minor contending houses. The winner of said tournament will gain a boon from the Great Houses, but we know many of them will ask to get a fast track onto the Great Houses Council. We see Jaina and Regal Sunswelter. Entering the Colosseum, they enter through a large arched hallway, to which they're stopped by Edmer Tully, as Edmer Tully looks upon both of them. Oh, I, um, how is everything today? I hope everything was sorted out amongst your men. I'm so sorry this would happen. I hope you wouldn't think it, uh, poorly upon us Westerosi. Uh, Jaina keeps silent for a bit. She seems to be gaining her composure. And I would like Regal to make a hold steady roll right off the gate. So I need you to roll plus focus for me, Hadley.
3: I can do that. All <laughs> oh, right, I got
0: All right, mark experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Regal, you feel as Jaina, she's pretty close to you, so she grips your hand. Obviously not wanting you to reveal any of the secrets of what happened the night prior. Uh, but due to the exhausting night you've had, Regal, um you don't really think about what's going on, it's just your sister holding your hand, so you feel apt to spill any secrets you need to about what happened last night.
3: <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I say to him there was a terrible um there was a misfortunate accident last night.
2: We...
0: We were able to deal with it within our own house. Uh, and I'm hoping that you can keep that a little secret between us, Edmire. I apologize. Lord Tully. Um, as she lets go of Rhaegal and, uh, kind of sashays her way towards Edmire to flirt with him. Uh... Edmure gets immediately flustered and goes, Oh, yes, um, of course, of course, everything is fine. I hope uh, everything is fine during the tournament today.
3: (laughs) Um, Every part of my being wants to be like, It damn well better be, because last night sucked. Um, But that's not what's going (laughs) to happen. It's, uh... I, I look at him and I say... I'm sure in the public eye, everything will be just fine.
0: Well, let's hope that works out in your favor. <laughs> um, as Jaina's now kind of hanging off Lord Tully's arm as they walk down the column, you guys breach sunlight to see. You see multiple knights standing around preparing themselves for the tournament, clad in armor already. Uh, we turn to see Silas Oakheart. Can you describe Silas Oakheart's armor for me, Nick?
1: His armor, yeah. um, Silas Ocart's armor, is sort of the more traditional knight armor. Um, it's hard plated, almost chrome s- steel armor. like entire bar bo- over his entire body. Um, but the tips of it on uh, around the collar and around uh, the gauntlets are all tinged with gold. And then his chest plate is obviously the Ocart sigil. And he has a. Helm that he carries at his side, and the helm uh, looks like uh, a tree uh, crown. Like a wooden mm, tree yeah. crown, but it's made of steel as well. Like that. It's been entrusted to him over the centuries from his
0: family. Do the Oak Harts have a family blade? Or what is what is Silas's preferred?
1: I think he just has a, a, a sword... Not a family sword, but a, a sword that was important to, like, the Tyrell house. Mm-hmm. Ooh, with Loris's sword. How about okay. that? What we, well, we worked at?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's got Loras Tyrell's sword. And in the stands, there's room for, essentially, every house to sit in onlookers from King's Landing. But there's essentially enough room so you can sit by one house in particular. So, in the stands, where is Ruthelius? Which house is he sitting in?
1: Ruthelius enters the the, the uh, Colosseum, as it were, uh, with a entourage of Dornish people, of uh, people from uh, Pike, Greyjoys, and other assorted houses that he is, and he shouts, to, exclaims to the, uh, to the audience, the area of the audience where he's going to sit. He says, come one, come all, there is no need to be divided at these proceedings. Um, so he's going to sit with a group of people from lots of different houses.
0: Okay, so there is a little, at the, would say, the most northern part, there's a little enclave. And in this enclave, there's a little tent set up where the leaders of the current five great houses are all sitting. And I would say there is room near that, close enough to that, that you could sit by them. Ruth wants to be there. Yeah, so that's exactly where <laughs> Ruth is. As uh, you're sitting there, Lady Greyjoy, Yara Greyjoy, is going to look up uh, from her seat that she's not sitting correctly in.
1: Um, bef- bef- Before uh, Refilius, uh sits down, mm-hmm. he's going to uh, whisper something to a, a, Dornish, uh, a, a Dornish guard security. And that person is going to exit. And
0: what do you whisper to this Dornish guard of yours?
1: Do you want me to text it to you, or do you want me to tell
0: you? You can text it to me. It's
1: two guards.
2: <laughs> text it to me, too. No.
3: <laughs> and me. Uh, might as well just fax it over while you're doing it.
2: I don't have your head. you never had it.
3: Oh, shit, okay.
2: As
0: Lady Greyjoy looks up a little bit, you're about, we'll say, five feet above her, because they're at the bottom most part. They're, like, essentially in the arena, and you're still in the sands. So she looks up to Rithelius. You, uh, sure know how to throw a party out there. Really enjoy it.
1: A party, madam? That was merely a a trifling gathering. (laughs) If you come back tonight, I can promise you an even greater display.
0: Be down to partake in some revelry as she takes a big swig of the mug she has. I
1: expect a great victory today. And And if a victory isn't in the cards, then at least it'll be fun, eh?
0: We'll see about that as she looks excitedly uh, at the field of knights and warriors on the battlefield.
1: Raphelius is going to loudly exclaim, Ten gold coins to the first knight whose shield is knocked from their
0: hands. As you hear some rabblery from the few knights that can hear you from your section in the stands. Where would we find Marla Corbray at this time, Marcus? Which which house is she sitting closest to? From the great houses? Or just any house, any of the... Minor houses. They're also in the stands. Next to the Harwells. Okay. You sit by House Harwell. You can see it's mostly just Sir Baroth there by himself. uh, With a couple of men by his side. But not much. They haven't brought much in terms of backup, really, this house. As you can see, Sir Baroth is already intoxicated. Drunk off his ass. Laughing with this group of men. Really excited uh, for his champion during this tournament. As you come to sit by him, he's already deep in a tale about his son, Dwyer. Oh, you should have seen him. He takes this beauty. Had to be 30, 40 feet in length. Gets a harpoon in her. Gets another harpoon in her. And I'm watching him with his bare hands wrapped around, tugging. I can see his fingers turning blue. But the ship's anchored down, and I could see it. And I could see it in his eyes, I could see it in every one of the crew's eyes there. He's pulling in this motherfucker by himself. This fucking whale, with his bare goddamn hands. As you hear, like, exclaims of disbelief from the men around him. Yeah, my boy Dwyer. Oh, he's gonna knock the heads off of every fucker here. Ah! Lady Corbray Nice to see you, my liege, as he gives a, a sarcastic, half-hearted bow from his seat.
2: Sir Harwell, I was excited to see what your part in these reveries would be, as you already made quite a scene at the ceremonies yesterday.
0: Well, as you can see, my son, as he points out to the battlefield, you see a knight in black and gold armor, with the Harwell symbol engraved on the chest. No real emblematic, just a part of the indentation, as he Dwyer is a pretty well built man. As you can see he's he's training with a nice long, dark, black sword. My son, he's he's a warrior. I beat it into him, if I could say, as he laughs and the crew around him laugh as well. I'm real surprised you uh chose Lord Tiddy Boy as your champion today. As he points back to the field we see Robin Aaron Not as heavily clad as the rest of the knights. It's more winter warfare armor. It's leather, hard leathers covering the vital points. A nice little cape and a furry collar that goes around most of it.
2: Oh yes, I'm sure my king will not disappoint. Now, I did have a question for you, Sir Harwell. Shoot. After your son's inevitable success in these bouts, your family is set to receive a boon, would that be correct? You're damn right. What would you use such a boon for? Isn't it fucking obvious as he leans
0: into you, pushing one of his men out of the way so you can get in closer? I'm gonna get the fucking pussy pirate off her throne, and I'm gonna take over the Iron Islands myself.
2: Of course, of course. I suppose that was obvious. (laughs)
0: <laughs> as he um puts a hand on your shoulder, it seems flirty at first, but then it becomes more of tense as you realize he's pulling you in, in, you pulling you in closer, so he can make sure no one hears this next bit. Just like you're trying to do with
2: Robin Aaron there in the Vale, right? Maybe so, but the reason that I wish to ask you was that I don't see, and I don't feel that you would think. That any boon would be needed to bolster your forces for such an attack, or movement, I should say. <laughs> <sighs> don't you feel you're ready now? As ready as ever? As he lets go of you, and kind of
0: gestures to the men around him. Everybody knows that Lady Greyjoy has the best fleet in armada in all of Westeros.
2: Our men just build the ships, we don't really have them. I see. Well, if you were in need of, if you were in need of some sort of alliance in order to create your own boon, as it were, I'm sure that you have several acquaintances that you could turn to. I'd
0: like you to curry favor
2: for me, Marcus. So you're gonna roll. Okay. Roll plus grace. Yeah, I, I got a nine. With
0: a nine, they can choose whether <laughs> to give themselves to you if turned on, which I'd say Sir Baruth probably always is. Promise something they think you want, or give you a string against them. Sir Baroth wants to make this alliance, so you can take a string against Cerberoth. Okay. As he kind of waves you off, when the time calls, Lassie. As we head over to the Sunswelter household... Hadley, which house are you guys sitting by?
3: Which house are we sitting by? Mm-hmm. I think we're definitely sitting next to, um... I don't remember her name, and I feel so bad, but... The Pussy Pirate House?
0: <laughs> yeah, so you're also by the Greyjoys in the pit of the Great Houses. So... Fuck yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, we'll say you're on the other side. Or you're slightly above the house, I guess, Sand and Oakheart. <laughs> Okay, As you kind of, sounds great. You you sit the, the stand above where Ruth Elias and his Dornish men are sitting by. Even one of the men is actually going to, they're occupying like three rows with only one man on the third row. That third man is going to offer that entire row to House Sunsvelter and just kind of sit on the end of it.
3: Oh, uh, damn, okay.
0: He's offering this kind of nicety to you.
3: I will take it. Okay. Take that nicety.
0: As,
1: as they sit down, uh, Ruthelius will turn around with a glass of wine in his hand and say, oh, the shadow of death is upon us.
3: Oh. <laughs> I look at him and I say, shut up, bitch. Um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, who, would, would I have been able to hear that, Dennis? Oh,
0: yeah. He's, it was a joke for his people. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're close enough that you overhear it.
3: I'm going to look at Ruthelius and I'm going to kind of sneer at him. I'm not going to let it bother me, though.
0: Jaina also shrugs it off as they sit down, but then right next to Regal and Jaina, another man is going to sit down next to you with long, long blonde hair tied into a knot.
3: It's Legolas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, continue.
0: Are we excited about the tournament today?
3: Oh no, no. What's Rogveer doing here? Fuck
0: <laughs> As you turn <laughs> as the man turns his head fully, you see the grinning smile uh, alerting you that it is indeed Rogveer the Red.
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm gonna like grab his I'm gonna like grab his collar. I'm gonna pull him in. I'm gonna and I'm gonna say if you if I have to deal with any of your senseless bullshit today, you will suffer the consequences.
0: Uh, uh, I um he's he's really struggling. Why? I, I I thought I did great last night. I I saved Lady Jaina.
3: <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at him dead in the eyes. I'm gonna say, "You've done good for once." I want more proof that you can do better.
0: I can. I can. I promise. As he rushes off to closer to the stands, so he's closer by Ruth Velius and his men. As he looks down into the battlefield, he sees a barrel drum that's been alight. There's a bunch of barrel drums alight around the arena, getting more light. Even though it's no. like midday. No. <laughs> As Rogvier... Jesus. Rogvier's gonna take his his fire seance for the day. So I'd like you to roll Fuck a plus yeah. will for me. I got a nine. <laughs> As Rogvier looks into the fire, we see the fire dancing. The flames... Once again, creating the oakheart tree, but this time we see arrows struck into the tree in a tight pattern, as if used for practice. But then we know. but then we see sap dripping down the tree, black treacle amassing towards the bottom. As we see the tree begin to become swallowed up by this black treagle. As we watch the branches of the tree try to grip for safe ground. And then the fire just turns into regular fire again.
3: Oh, damn. Fuck. <laughs> and then Rockfear looks over at Okard, and goes, Dude, it's not looking good. <laughs> two for two, my man.
1: Silas is uh <laughs> Down in the, the arena, uh-huh. <laughs>
3: yeah. He's he's like <laughs> he's screaming vaguely, down in the arena. It's not looking good, that. dude.
1: <laughs> you say, dude? All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Silas is going is not going to hear. This. he Vaguely hears it in the distance, um, but he's in a meeting with his followers, his closest friends, the Wrath of the Flowers of the Reed. And they're in a sort of a prayer at the moment. <laughs> Silas is with, with his flowers, and he says, Gentlemen, let us not forget why we are here. Uh, that we, all of us, embody the children of the Reach, the generations of the proud folk who have called the Reach their peaceful home. And let us imbue our energies together and... Channel the spirits of our noble ancestors, in order to raise us from our roots and grow into our glorious tr- final forms. Pray
0: with me, brothers. And then, just like, grab. They all put their heads together. Some of them are crying, <laughs> <laughs> weeping tears of joy through the light that Silas Oakheart gives them.
1: Let the men who may very well perish on this field today
0: dive quickly. <laughs> As trumpets sound from around the pit where the great houses lay Once again, Edmir Tully stands up from his seat Greeting everyone here for this tournament today Kind of letting everyone know the rules There'll be three different parts to this tournament For three skills that every knight of a great house should have Even some members of the great houses have joined this tournament today To serve as plateaus that these minor houses should be able to overcome. As we can see, a large hulking suit of armor walk out from the knight's entrance. Bespeckled. It's a chrome suit bespeckled with yellow and black patches all around it. With chrome antlers sticking out at the top of the helm. The knight lifts off the helm itself to reveal Gendry Baratheon. As the, the crowd goes wild for this mountain of a man, the first round of the tournament takes place. It is revealed to be an archery exhibition. As you can see, the excitement fill Robin Aaron's eyes.
3: Hey there, everybody! This is Hadley from Control Group. If you like what you're hearing, please make sure you subscribe to our channel. You can also find us on social media. Follow us on Twitter, at ControlPod. Control as in the control key on your computer. You can also find us on Instagram, at ControlGroupPod. Thank you so much for listening. How was that shit, huh? Huh? Yeah, that was so fucking dope. It was the sexiest thing you've ever heard. You've never wanted to subscribe to a channel more than you ever wanted to now. This is great.
0: Robin Aaron is one of the first people to go. In the tournament. And he shows off all of his archery skills. As he nicks his first shot right in the bullseye. And then his second. And for his third shot. He's able to split the arrow in twain. From one of his previous shots. As he looks up. Smiles and waves. Towards Marla Corbray. Marla you're tapped on the shoulder. As Galvin Stone stands above you in the stand. He wants to pull you away from the tournament to speak privately.
2: Okay, I'll go with him. As you... After I give, um, you know, um, a gesture to uh, Robin. uh, The crowd... (laughs) There's like an audible
0: swoon from the crowd. They seem to be getting invested in the story. They can, like, piece it together. You head into the hallway to which Galvin is holding... The letters he was able to pull off of Dakar from the night previous. The letters from the Bank of Bravos.
2: Okay, I'll ask him, um Now what was it he found?
0: As he just simply opens up the letter and has you read it, you see the Bank of Bravos had given this special job to Dakar and Dakar alone. That should the Sunswelter House reflect poorly in Westeros against the free Bravosi people. That Dakar would have, essentially, a license to kill. Diplomatic immunity to do whatever he needed to assure that the people of Essos would not be demeaned in front of these barbaric Westerosi. Damn. That was the Bank of Braavos? Yes. And he also lets you know that he was able to hear overhear a conversation from earlier between Jaina Regal and Edmure Tully that the Sunswenter household is hiding all of this. They want to keep it secret
2: for some reason. we would seen this is coming together then. Not with the same pieces as we expected, but with the same situations and results. I'll return to my seat.
0: You return back just as Silas Oakheart do you do you own a bow, Silas, or does one have to be gifted to you by the people of King's Landing?
1: I do not uh I do not own a bow, but my uh my merry men <laughs> do have a bow for me
0: that they have made themselves as a gift. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have <laughs> one of your merry men prances over almost like a, a baby deer with an bow that is made of twisted metals to s- simulate a tree winding up through its growth there's even like little branches at the top of the bow itself
1: beautiful <laughs> um as th- as he hands the bow to me I'm going to lean into the to the the flower and say Rufelius wants you and I look into the stands and you see that Rufelius is like staring daggers <laughs> down at the field as he nods and Prances back towards the stands. Silas picks up the bow and shows it off to the, to the crowd. He's
0: a quite the people's champion. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a sizable amount of... Actually, um, I want you to curry favor. You right. talk a big game, we'll, <laughs> s- we'll see how the, the crowd actually feels about you. Uh, plus, grace? Yes. Ten. Ten. Yeah, the, the people are feeling it. Uh, they see the the bow that was brought to you. They revel in it, and as you extend your arms, the crowd gives a a pretty solid cheer. And Silas takes the bow, takes an arrow
1: from the quiver, and sizes up the target. He pulls it back and snaps the bow in half.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As you can hear... It appears I need a stronger bow. (laughs) As you hear a sizable laugh from amongst the crowd, Gendry... Baratheon's actually going to walk over with a bow in hand.
1: It would be an honor to use your bow, my lord, but it is not necessary. All right, then. As he walks back to his position. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to risk breaking it, my lord. I'm sure it is a prized position. It was grafted from my hands alone, so. Well, would you like to test your craftsmanship, my lord?
3: Of
0: course.
1: As he hands it back to you. So I just test it, and it,
0: it seems markably better. <laughs> <laughs> it is the densest bow you have ever held in your hands, by the way. It is at <laughs> least 45 pounds. The bow itself. I never understood the use of a bow.
1: Why not look a man in his eyes? Smash
0: him, I say. Uh, so it's, do, I, do I have to roll to... Yeah, uh, to you're, gonna the have to, you're gonna have to roll to <laughs> take by force. So you're gonna roll plus edge for him. <laughs> Alright, here we go. (laughs) Back to the target. Uh, Another 10. As you knock back the arrow, you feel a calm over you, Silas. As you let your feet set and take root into the ground, listening to your heartbeat, slowing it down as much as you can, you pull back the arrow and release. As it zooms across, the 50 meters to its target, and lands directly in the bullseye. The crowd erupts and cheers.
1: Nothing less from the night
0: of the eternal spring. Oh. As a, a low cheer of spring begins in the crowd, we see back in the stands, one of the Dornishmen approaches Ruthelius and whispers in his ear, Um... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and table talk. It's just everything you've kind of learned that's happened in this episode. He's been listening to everything in. So you know about the, the Brink-Bavos uh, and all of the, the Bravo stuff.
1: All right. Um, Rufelius is going to turn back to him and say, Take two men.
0: Follow the water dancer. As he taps two other men on the shoulder. They get up and leave with a quickness. The end of the bow and arrow round has ceased, where both Robin Aaron and Silas Okark have moved on to the second round, along with many other knights, but as far as they go, they've made it through. Where is Galvin Stone currently?
2: Galvin is... He is conversing with he wants to find out exactly who from the Great Houses is going to compete as well. So he's trying to reach the like barracks where all the, the um, fighters are. So you're around the knights' kind of
0: room that they've sequestered in the Dragon's Den arena. Where the knights situate themselves in between rounds. The knights are still out there prepping for the second round, so it's mostly empty. As you can see, the walls are adorned by... Old suits of armor, weapons ready to be used, a lot of personal effects. Essentially, it's a locker room. There's a sheet of paper, a sheet of parchment you find, sitting around towards the entrance, leading towards the arena, and upon it you find the names of all those competing today. You can see a errand boy has already scritched out the names of most of the minor houses and people of King's Landing who are competing that have already been eliminated. Is there anyone you're looking for specifically, or would you like just the highlights?
2: Highlights is fine. Alright.
0: So, as you've seen before, Silas is competing, Robin Aaron is competing, Gendry Baratheon is competing. There's a Dornish man that's representing House Martell... For House Harwell, Dwyer Harwell is competing. For House Forrester, Will Forrester is competing. And then for House Payne, you see Brian of Tarth has been chosen as the champion for House Pain. Ooh! And then at this moment, I would like you to study a situation for me. So you're going to roll plus sense for me, Marcus. I got a six. You're too engrossed in this... List to notice that three men have entered the room and stand behind you as one of them exclaims,
2: What are you doing here? Oh, hello there. I'm. I was told this area was completely open to the public, is that correct? Everyone's quite excited for the events and festivities that were transpiring. You think the place where our champions rest would be open to any man? This is not open to the public. Who are you? I was invited by one of the champions, in fact. Brianna Ptarth. I'd like you uh, to manipulate an
0: NPC for me. It'll roll okay. plus grace again. I got a sit. <laughs> the Dornishman's smile. Oh, I'm sorry we did not know you were invited by Brienne Tarth herself. Please, please, we just ask that you leave the room. The champions are about to come back and get ready for the second round. So, if you could respect their privacy, they the three men part, kind of opening up the exit to the room
2: and allowing you to leave. Of course. These are these often Martells, or? Uh, you can just tell they're Dornish men. Alright, I'll leave. You
0: leave, and as you leave, the three of them whisper amongst themselves, but you're un- you're unable to hear them because of your role. As the leader kind of speaks up, you fools, we must trail back a little bit further. We don't want to see what happens to a rat that's trapped in a cage. As they just kind of whist off, following Galvin, unbeknownst to him. The second part of the tournament is being held. It is a more traditional jousting tournament between the winners of the first round. As we see, Gendry Baratheon is (laughs) having trouble mounting his horse. It's hard enough to find a horse that really just fits his size. But one that fits its size plus the armor he has on. The horse is struggling. It's kind of sluggish to move around. As we see, Robin Aaron is squaring off against him. As he. Against Baratheon? Yeah! <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> we see him also struggling to get up upon the horse. Just due to his slender frame. He has trouble kind of wheeling the jousting stick. Uh, but before he closes his visor to his, they've made him put on armor, like more traditional armor for the joust. Uh, It's ill-fitting on him, but before he closes the visor, he looks up at Marla back in the stands. No response. (laughs) (laughs) Left on red. (laughs) Scene. Um, He closes the visor with determined eyes and prepares as the horses line up on their respective ends of the jousting divider. You watch as their horses... Start to a trot, and then a full gallop. As Robin Aaron lands a completely solid hit upon Gendry Baratheon. However, Whoa. he is just so dense that he is unmoved from his position on the horse. And in fact, due to this force meeting an immovable object... Robin Aaron is lifted off of his horse from the force of colliding with Gendry and is knocked down. Oh my god. As <laughs> the referee that's kind of watching it doesn't really know how to call this one. Um, uh, p- uh, point, point to Lord Baratheon, then, I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, as Marla, do I know who um, Gendry is fighting for? Uh, he's just fighting
0: for sake of fighting.
2: Okay, because obviously She's the Baratheons wouldn't need any sort yeah, of Yeah, exactly.
0: He's just, he just wanted to fuck shit up. Then as the second and, uh, and third round of the jousting happens, we watch a quick smash cut of Robin Aaron falling off his horse a couple more times until Gendry Baratheon is, is hoisted as the winner and moving on to the final round. Um, Silas is going to pick Robin Aaron up to his feet. <laughs> Silas runs from the sidelines and picks up a fairly dented in. Most of the chest plating is caved in for the suit of armor. As even the, the helmet's a little bit of as- askew as you help Robin Aaron up. Most nobly fought, my lord. Remarkable that you're still alive. Ha ha ha, I'm gonna slap him on the back. <laughs> as you can see, Robin Aaron is upset. He He takes off his helmet uh he's 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 nearly in tears as he like rips his arm away from you from helping him up as he storms off uh into the the knight's locker room
2: You need to keep your wits about you, my lord so how does it work? so is he out of the competition now is he lost? Yes I will send a messenger to have him speak to me immediately
0: uh, while that messenger is rushing off to speak with, or to get the course of Robin Aaron, we find it's Silas's turn for the joust. Oh, shit. Uh, Silas, you're writing off against Dwyer Harwell.
1: Dwyer Harwell!
0: Ooh, here we go. <laughs> As a man, Dwyer <laughs> is nearly your build. Nearly. Yeah. Silas is impossibly tall. Um, but Dwyer has the same, you know, muscle mass. As the two men, like, ride up, you guys do a pass around each other to, it's, it used to be done to inspect the field to make sure there weren't, like, potholes dug or any cheating going around, so you have, like, a moment to talk to Dwyer as you're passing around.
1: I say, the new world will have much need of you, friend. May you walk away from this battle.
0: (laughs) I come from my father, but I am not him. I stand for much more than what he's putting out there in these peace negotiations. I respect you, Sir Oakheart, and it is my pleasure to be jousting against you today. You're not jousting against me, Lord Harwell.
1: You're jousting against the entirety of my kin. And he slams the helm down and rides up. As
0: the two of you mount up, you slide down your visors and prepare to go against each other. I'd like Silas to take by force.
1: Thirteen, baby. Ooh, damn. <laughs> He's dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With a ten plus, you get one of... Or you get <laughs> you get three of these, uh, but you can also hold them for additional holds later on, but you can either take definite hold of it, so you can definitely win, you can suffer little harm, you can inflict terrible harm, or you can impress, dismay, or scatter your enemy. Silas wants to inflict terrible harm in the
1: sense that uh, Dwyer is going to be uh, crippled for a few months. Okay. (laughs) Not so that he is out of this. (laughs) All right. In the first round, make it a statement, and then I guess I'll hold the I'll hold the other two. Actually, or I'll uh, impress the the crowd. How about that? Okay,
0: yeah, perfect. That works.
1: This is Silas
0: making a statement about who he is. Your horses begin to trot and then into a full gallop as your jousting lance meets Dwyer. He is lifted off his horse completely. His jousting lance completely missing. Sir Silas himself, as the jousting stick splits from the force of the impact, a bit of the lance itself, now sharper, is able to wedge its way through the Harwell armor, as Dwyer is essentially pierced by her jousting lance. And we don't really see the full effect of it until you kind of dismount from your horse and head over to him, and see blood beginning to pool out of Dwyer's suit. The crowd is in an uproar of excitement as uh Dwyer's struggling to breathe.
1: Um Silas will go attend to him and wave wave people over to help him, but then after doing so will raise his arms and cheer at the crowd. <laughs> we could have ended it yesterday. <laughs>
0: You could have seceded to me. But no, we had to do it the hard way. As we find Marla Corbre, you've been asked outside of the arena completely by Robin Aaron. He is, he's no longer in the Knights locker room. He is completely outside of the Dragon's Pit, um, sitting on a, a, a stone bench in a little garden. That's about four minutes away from the stadium.
2: Okay, as soon as I see him, my king I was excuse me I was worried for your well-being How how are you feeling
0: I don't deserve your titles anymore I am no much your king than any of these other great houses here please just refer to me as Sir Aaron He seems completely dejected Bitch <laughs>
2: But you are my king. You have been the heart of the Vale for so long. My family and yours have been allies for far longer than you or I have been present. A stronger bond could have been forged, but I suppose that's not possible now.
1: (laughs) He's making it worse.
2: (laughs) If only... If only we hadn't taken on this silly mission that was far too much for us. If only we had had a better understanding of your skills as a knight.
0: (laughs) He's nearly in tears. You you should have chosen a better
2: champion.
3: Damn. No.
2: My king, don't say that. Don't speak. I... Don't speak... I know I know that the connection, that the bond that you and I have, was not all for nothing. If only there would If only there was some way that that you and I could become closer, that, that you could prove you were the king that I that I always knew that you were going to be.
0: As he immediately like slides off the bench he's sitting on, to drop to one knee in front of you, grasping at your hand. Make him make him crawl. I I know of one way, my queen. I'll just nod. <laughs> then, then yes, you'll you'll take my hand,
2: my king. You will always be my king, and yet we we had a very clear understanding. It, it was if you had won this bout and all bouts, that our families would be permanently joined. I I know that there are other ways. That we could better strengthen the veil. Through the connections of our two families. I want to manipulate an NPC. What are you trying to do? <laughs> I want him to either... Um, I don't think he's going to bend the knee to me. That seems a little bit extreme. But I do want to maybe gain, gain a string against him. May- basically, I mean, it's clear that I'm trying to even lower his his confidence in himself... Um, as far as I can, and farther than it's g- already been <laughs> dropped at this point. But um, since he's the king of the Vale, um, I want to really, really hurt him with it.
1: It seems to, like you're trying to like, make him think that like you you have like the better ideas than he, he does right? Yeah, I, I, I guess uh,
2: maybe maybe bend the knee to me in a in a, a more symbolic way, yeah. in like a you know, more mentally maybe. Oh.
3: oh. I got a four. I, I'm watching intensely, but Rockfeer, I think, is definitely losing his mind right now. <laughs> Damn
2: it. Is that the right... It's,
0: it's plus grace, right? Yeah, it's okay. As Damn. Robin Aaron nods, he points... He kind of instructs you back to the dragon's pit. Please, please. Lady Corbray, please enjoy the rest of the tournament.
1: Walks in on a guy dying. <laughs> okay.
0: And as... As Marla Corbray walks away, one of the Aaron guards steps up closer to Robin Aaron as Robin Aaron wipes a tear out of his eye. I guess you were right. I shouldn't have trusted that bitch. Keep an eye on her. Watch what she does. Follow the water dancer as he strolls back into the dragon's den. That's where we'll end our session
1: Hell yeah. Dude. I love that this episode title is Follow the Water Dance. Yeah. <laughs> like has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Your dad's just breaking rocks back there, so I gotta...